your talk show for all things automotive. From the latest news to the greatest views and the biggest names in rolling iron. Your host is Brett Hatfield, freelance auto journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine and American Car Collector Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com and owner of his own small but growing fleet of cool cars. Get behind the wheel of an hour of car talk starting right now. Thank you for spending time with Driven Radio. We know your time is valuable, so we work hard to bring you the best in automotive content and interviews. You can find us online at readthedriven.com. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Driven Radio Show. On Twitter at Driven Radio Show and everywhere fine podcasts are heard. I'm your host, Brett Hatfield, and I'm here with radio god, Mark Catfish Groves. Hello. Our, our resident Shelby expert extraordinaire and owner of Vernon Estes Classics, Vern Estes. Yo. Uh, coming up on this week's show, we'll be talking about the, uh, we've got more Grand National GNX auction madness. Uh, you know, we talked about it a couple oh, weeks ago and it, it boomeranged <laughs> so right weird. back. Uh, a good, a big news leak about the eighth generation Corvette standing top mile, spe- uh, standing mile top speed lunacy out of Texas. These guys are nuts mm-hmm. and why none of us will be buying European cars built after 2022. Oh, hell no. And not with what they got going on. Our special <laughs> guest this week is Tyler Hoover of Hoovy's Garage and oh, cool. YouTube fame. And Wichita uh, represent. Oh yeah. Hey, good Kansas boy. We Purveyor like a run- hoopty fleet. <laughs> he, he has so much weird stuff and all of it's crummy. Uh, (laughs) I get something so wrong, drive so right. Yeah, no kidding. So let's get to it. This week in Car World News. All right. So a couple weeks ago, we talked about a $200,000 eight-mile Buick GNX that sold on Bring a Trailer. Had only eight miles. Everything on was original and... Apparently, they got two or three guys who all thought they wanted this thing. Now, we had always kind of known. You'd always seen kind of mothballed GNXs that would come up at auction. They would yeah. bring a somewhat premium price. Well, they only, but over the years, they weren't quite that expensive, No, obviously. but they, they only built 547 of them total one-year production in 1987. So a lot of guys bought them and tucked them away. And so, didn't you say that uh, when we were talking about it, didn't you mention that eight miles, although we're all like, holy cow, eight miles – that maybe that's actually the it's a curse that its own cure. Yeah, you no, can't. it'd be terrible. Yeah, it needs all the maintenance in the world you can't to get it back it. on the road. But yep. of course, that's not really. I suppose not really the point of buying an eight mile car because it's just going to get hidden away again. Well, this week there was a five hundred mile example that sold for a whopping one hundred and thirty thousand dollars. Which, just for the record, if if you thought that driving a gussied up Buick Regal was inexpensive. <laughs> yeah, no. If kidding. you did the math on the 500 mile version at 130 versus the eight mile, two hundred thousand dollar version, it cost apparently approximately 142 dollars a mile to drive a Buick GNX. <laughs> I wondered. Way I to saw, break it down. I saw you doing the math. I was trying to figure out what you were doing, and now I understand. Yeah, uh-huh. 142 bucks a mile. I, well, I wondered what the uh, what the margin was there, or what the math was. In that 492 mile gap. Yeah. 
Good God. 140. Let's let's just check. <laughs> it's 142 dollars and 28 cents. As a matter of fact, so is that what we should use as the pricing metric on all GNX's? On from all now GNX's, on? all yeah. Buick Regals from the the late 80s. You know, yeah. we might as well just extend that family well, I, I, because I, you know some idiot's going to get all cranked up on that now and go, I'm going to pay for that at the you know at auction or I went to make them and end up screwing up all the prices for I us wonder, forever. I, I wonder them. on the line graph if that makes the inverse hockey stick where it just kind of peters out. You know, you, you violate so many miles and it just doesn't change. Well, that would technically mean that 20,000 miles would cost $2.8 million. So you would actually get the GNX and then they would oh, give so you 2.7 some million dollars yeah, this, with it. This, is, so. this isn't a straight line regression. You're going to be so screwed at auction trying to figure out how to, how to, how to value these. If I take a Venn diagram and... No, it doesn't work that way. Good God. Five, $142 a mile. Apparently. Wow, that's got to be the most... Uh, I'm pretty sure Bugattis don't cost that to drive. Yeah. Unbelievable. Until <laughs> your first oil change. That's a long ways from the 17 cents a mile it used to cost to rent a Shelby in 66. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> of course, it would come back to Shelby's. Well, if you're going to be that way, uh, wouldn't <laughs> it wouldn't be a week for me without Corvette news. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, got a big leak from... Uh, Brits Bits. Yeah. That's what the dealership was called, believe it oh, or not. Oh, seriously? Yeah, it was. <laughs> I'm so surprised your name was in it. Yeah, well... Shocked, yeah. really. <laughs> <laughs> it, it rhymes. I like it. I'm going to split your rear window if you don't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. This is going downhill in a hurry. Anyway, big leak on the uh, next generation, the mid-engine Corvette. Uh, this week, somebody on the Corvette forum managed to get their hands on an order sheet for a C8 Corvette. Oh, dude. And shows options and colors and everything else. And so what they're showing right now is there is one transmission available it's an eight speed dual clutch transmit transmission which like we were all talking about that just means an automatic with flappy panel crap flappies yeah uh, and uh there's no did you hear that just now what's that it was duntoff rolling over in his grave uh, i'm sure <laughs> he's spinning so fast we could hook him up to a generator and power a small new england town you know that uh they leaked it that some somebody leaked it uh, does does anybody kind of smell the BS going on here? Because oh. it's like the Kardashians leaked the sex tape. Who knew? Once they're nobody was paying attention leaked, anymore. Leaked the sex tape by giving it to their publicist. Yeah, it's absolutely. Kinda, it's kind of like everybody. all the spy videos, the supposed spy videos, where they're finding these prototypes just nonchalantly driving outside of I don't know, like significant GM proving grounds. Oh, like yeah. when it's when it's a Ford, it's like they spotted the electric F one fifty driving around outside With, the Henry Ford Museum yeah, just no, recently. It's like oh, there's the most obvious place to be testing a prototype if you wanted to be seen with well it. And, I, and i love the i love the picture they had of the f-150 it's all covered in the black and white you can tell exactly body. what it is it's the yeah, same it's body the same body you may as well have just painted it red and driven it around nobody would have known the and it's difference. got a tail it's got an exhaust pipe sticking out on the it. electric truck but yeah, it's still like kind of cool though you know you you know at least a little bit of an idea of what's coming up in this thing. Well, that's true. And getting back to the Corvette, uh, the engine they're calling is the LT2. Everybody's saying that this is probably a revised version of the current gen LT1. It shows 6.2 liters. Everybody's talking, saying it's probably right around 400 horsepower for the base. And, uh, they released a couple of other things on the options list, new colors, Zeus bronze, Zeus bronze. Zeus mm, bronze. Really? Accelerate yellow, which I'm fine with. Rapid blue, which I'm fine with. 
Zeus Valhalla Pink. Zeus Bronze. Zeus, Zeus Bronze. Bronze. Sounds like a fake tan. <laughs> You've never seen a bronze like this. It's the god of all interiors. Zeus Bronze. <laughs> Sounds like a bad 80s action movie. In the Z6. Uh, also going to have uh, adjustable front lift. Driveway, driveway, driveway. Be there, oh, be there, my. be there. We'll sell you the whole seat, but you'll always need the edge. Uh, <laughs> Well, this went downhill in a hurry. Uh, It's uh, supposed to have adjustable front lift height, which I imagine is just the electronic jacks like they've got on Ferraris and Lamborghinis. So you can get it up over the curb and and not rip off the carbon fiber splitter on the front. And performance data and video recorder, which is something they had on on the current generation. It's a little camera in the front that has a uh, like a G meter overlay that shows you what you're doing when you're driving around tracks and everything else. So we've got that coming up. Uh, we'll have to save the Texas Mile guys for a little later in the show. Oh wait a minute, you hit, you missed two of the colors: accelerate yellow and rapid blue. Or did I miss no, you I, saying that I because those. I was too you're, busy with Zeus? You're you so were so concentrated with Zeus. Yeah, bro. I was so impressed with Zeus. Right yeah, you were you were talking about <laughs> Zeus Bronze. I think that's the color the Kardashians are, isn't it? Yeah, Zeus yeah, you know, yeah, after they get done in the tanning booth, oh, I'm Zeus yeah. Bronze. Either that or Trump. One of the <laughs> <laughs> with, the, with the yellow convertible top. Yeah, yeah it comes with a comb over. Awesome. <laughs> nice. Coming up, we've got our special guest this week, Tyler Hoover of Hoover's Garage. Uh, he's, uh, he's got Hoover's Garage on YouTube. He's an auto journalist for Auto Traders Oversteer. We're going to talk to him about his ever-changing collection of misfit cars, what it's like to finally land your dream job, and hanging out with Jay Leno. All that more coming up on Driven Radio. And you're back with more Driven Radio, the best car sounds for your ear holes. Tyler Hoover is a Wichita, Kansas native. Yeah, Wichita, yeah, yeah, Kansas. yeah Kansas. Who has become an internet Nobody's since... happy about Wichita, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tyler's a Wichita native who's become an internet sensation for his YouTube channel, Hoovy's Garage. As an auto journalist for Auto Trader's Oversteer column and a consummate conservative, con- oh, I'm going to screw this up, mark that. Conservative, huh? Okay. A- and a consummate <laughs> connoisseur of crummy, a, crappy, a and... Consummate- qu- come on, come on, come on, come on! It has a... <laughs> Consummate connoisseur of crummy, crappy, and questionable cars. Yay! <laughs> Tyler seeks out the cheapest <laughs> copies of numerous marks to buy, drive, and subsequently provide college tuition for his mechanic's children. Tyler's <laughs> he's been a car salesman, car dealer, restaurant facilitator. That's that's gonna provide a couple questions. I've never facilitated in a restaurant before, but it sounds fun. Well, I did once, but we were in the bathroom and got caught. <laughs> it was illegal. I. Uh, He's, he's an internet star. He's got over 600,000 subscribers to his YouTube channel. That's amazing. Tyler, welcome to Driven Radio. Thank you. That was quite an introduction. I need that bio for the future, I guess. Just, well, we, we call it stumbling to success. To introduce myself. Yeah, well, I, I'd, I'd had a couple drinks when I wrote it. <laughs> you, can, you can just loop it. <laughs> it's going to be a lot new, of alliteration there. It's going to be his new ringtone. Uh so let's jump right into it. You recently achieved Car Guy Nirvana by spending time hanging out with Jay Leno. Uh, what was that Dude. like? Oh, that was just a random email. And it was, yeah, it was a producer. And he said, hey, you want to come on the show on this day? And I was like, okay, this isn't a joke. And yeah, it was real. I can't really go into the details of it. They had me sign 
you know, uh, not you know, confidentiality agreement as far as what went down in the filming, but I did get to spend, it took about five hours to film this segment. They blindfolded me and took me out in three cars, and I had to guess what it was. No kidding. Oh, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I spent, yeah, I spent, well, I mean, I can't tell you what happened other than that, but it was, uh, yeah, it took about five hours to film a segment that's going to be maybe three or four minutes. Did and, you? uh, the whole day in his garage, and then we had lunch. They catered, and the production staff had a had a meeting. So it was just the two of us in his kitchen, and Jalen was garage eating kebabs and <laughs> talking about cars. It was it was, uh, it was it was just so surreal, especially as fast as everything's happened as far as you know YouTube and, and everything else. Just it was just wild. But uh, Jay, he just loves talking about cars and sharing his collection. So um, we have a lot of of similar interest in cars and, you know, him working at a Mercedes dealership when he was a kid and all the cool cars that would come through there. And, uh, uh, he drove in on his, uh, uh, 300 SEL 6.3, which was having some hydraulic suspension issues, which I had experience with. So I was over there probably, you know, annoying them with what I thought was broken, but I mean, it was, it was just fun to see that with his fleet of mechanics working on things and, yeah, it was just amazing. It was very accommodating, very conversational, and we, I mean, it was just the two of us talking cars for half a day. It was unbelievable. That's so cool. So two questions immediately popped to mind. One, when you got the first email from his producer, did you have to go through your list of friends and say, okay, who would, who'd punk me on this? <laughs> yeah, which one of these jerks? Well, <laughs> well I was... Uh, so I, you know, I probably shouldn't say this, but I was stopped at a traffic light, and I there was a long light, so I checked my email, and I saw it. And I started squealing. My daughter was in the said, "Why are you screaming like a girl, Daddy?" You know, there was no explaining it to her, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I kind of had a feeling it was legit, and immediately reached out to Doug Demiro, who's a, um, my editor over at Oversteer, who also did the same thing on Jay Leno's TV show two years ago. And, uh, uh, yeah, he, he was the one who they asked for my contact information from him. Uh, so that was probably the first person I, I texted, I think. I think Doug DeMuro beat my wife on that one, which I hope my wife doesn't listen to this. I <laughs> uh, yeah. love you, honey. <laughs> uh, right. When I saw you in Amelia Island and you're hanging out with Tavarish, who we've also had on the show, you guys looked like you were having a good time, but when you walked out to the parking lot, immediately people recognized you, started coming over, wanted to talk. And is that, uh, is that common for you? And has that kind of changed how you approach your public life? I'm not really. It's, it's only a car event, and you kind of expect it. And it's it's people who are like-minded, so it's people I would want to talk to anyway. Yeah. Uh, but out in public, it doesn't happen very often. Uh, so I, you know, I don't have to worry about paparazzi or anything like that. It's just, it's just people that like my YouTube channel and usually have similar interests in cars because of that. So it's, it's really easy to get a conversation. It's kind of hard when you're trying to get from one place to another, and you know you're walking through and uh, you know and getting stopped. But I mean, it's there's especially it's, in the bathroom. <laughs> Uh, hey, oh, there's been a few in the bathroom. No, no, that was a joke, dude. That was a joke. Oh yeah, no! Yeah, yeah. Can I get a picture? I was like, well, let's wait till we're out of the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah, awesome. I'm across the streams with you. Yeah. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. No Ghostbusters moments for us. Thank yeah. you. Right, right. Well, I, I think this is uh, you and I uh, both know Matt Farah, and this is what Matt described to me as being car guy famous. 
Uh, it doesn't do you any good when you're trying to get a better seat at a restaurant or you're trying to get into a club someplace. <laughs> but when you're at car events, car nerds will tackle you. Exactly. Yeah. And I saw Matt Farah at Radwood last year, and the poor guy. I mean, but he knows how to work a room for sure. So when oh, yeah. he saw me, you know, and he's wanting he's wanting to look at the cars, and he can't he can't walk a step. So he's just. Well, say, oh, hi, walk with me. I'm going to go look at cars. Keep walking with me. Each person walks up. And then he has just like a train of people. It looks like a, a flock of geese in a V, you know. Well, and, and, and they're all imprinting on him. And that's one of the things about Matt. He's a sweetheart of a guy, so I don't really see him saying no to too many other people. But he is going to keep trying to get done what he needs to get done. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, that was the first uh, uh, kind of, for me, starstruck thing, because I watched his at that show briefly on Speed Channel. I don't even know if it made it through a whole season with Adam Carolla and Matt Farrow was on there. Um, uh, when it was a, and I, so I knew him from that and was, was a huge fan of his, or still is a huge fan of his YouTube channel. Um, and so when I got to go and uh, be on his one take with my Mercedes C36 AMG, and at the time I think I had maybe 60,000 subscribers or something like that, and I still got to go on his podcast. It was just like, oh my God, this is crazy. Yeah. So and I, and I had lunch with him too. It was a, it, that was a pretty surreal experience. He's, he's an awesome guy. Oh, he yeah. he absolutely is. When I was on his podcast, I think that's as nervous as I've ever been. <laughs> and uh, he was just he was really he was really nice, and he's a real sweetheart of a guy. And I, I love Matt to death. Uh, tell us about being a a judge, a guest judge at the Amelia Island Concours d'Elegance. Yeah, that was another weird email. Um, but uh, they wanted, they created a whole category for us, me and Doug DeMiro and Tavares, who were two other YouTubers, and they wanted us to go out and pick the car that we thought was would most likely generate views on YouTube. And, and in the judges' meeting, uh, we were the youngest people there by, like, 50 years. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that bad. But, I mean, we, there, was, I mean there were some really cool people there. Of course, Wayne Trini uh, was sitting right next to me and Doug, and Barry McGuire was at our table, and... There was a Paul Tuttle Jr. from American Choppers. Judge no kidding. Here, so that, you know, he dressed up in his in the coat and tie, just like every all the other judges. But he was wearing, you know, his chrome chopper sunglasses. You know, <laughs> still, still looking like a still looking, looking like a Tuttle. But uh, I, yeah, they they are they are definitely aware that they need to start appealing to this younger generation of, of car enthusiasts and get them to come to the event. And so. Um, one of the organizers watches our our YouTube and, and invited us out. And, and not only that, but put us up in hotels, which was fantastic. Except Doug, he, he didn't want to stay in a hotel with us. He decided to make his own accommodations. Rather than stay with us for free, he went and booked his own place, which is well, like, the big question is, though, do you think there's ever going to be a hoopty class at the Amelia Allen Concours one day? <laughs> I don't think so. But... But it's funny what we ended up picking. Um, just my bad luck. Uh, just we ended up picking the first choice. Well, our, one of our choices was a Pope Mobile. It was a '98 <laughs> Cadillac DeVille that had been stretched like a limo, and then the roof chopped off on it. The funny thing was, General Motors was commissioned to build this Cadillac for the Pope to haul him around, and they spent six hundred thousand dollars on this thing. And oh it basically God. looks like someone took a sawzall to a limousine and put in a Bass Pro Fisherman chair <laughs> in the back, you know, where it's supposed to sit on. It looks like this cheap, horrible hat job, and somehow they got $600,000 out of this Oh, thing. my God. Um, well, you know, and, the, and the Pope consulting. It, but he didn't even use it. Uh, did you get a pointy hat to go along with it? or 
No. No, no, no. I don't know what they bet. So oh, that's part what of the a cheap. museum now. Yeah. No, <laughs> no hat. You didn't get the cereal bowl or the big miter, you know, the no. post hole digger hat. But it's got the good stereo. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking to Tyler Hoover of Hoovy's Garage uh, YouTube fame. Um, yeah, so Tyler, how many uh, how many cars right now are in the Hoopty fleet as it currently stands? Uh, I, I I don't count. Counting is the first. Uh, <laughs> it's the first sign of admitting there's a problem. So I, <laughs> somewhere somewhere around twenty. You know, and I was halfway thinking of asking you what your favorite is, but I'm actually more inclined to ask you what your least favorite is at the moment. Oh gosh, uh, the least favorite is the BMW M5. The oh yeah, M5. It's on the chopping block for sure. I'm terrified of that car. What's uh, what's yeah. the deal with yeah. it? It's cost him a fortune. His kids are going to have to go to community college. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's not it's not that bad. I bought it for sixty five hundred dollars. I might have thirteen thousand dollars into it now. I had to put a transmission in it. Oh, and I th- I got a guy coming to pick it up tomorrow, and he's paying me eleven thousand. So I'm only losing two grand, which is bad, but. Uh, I, you know, I I could only sell that car for a loss because everything's working now at the moment. But tomorrow, five minutes after he picks it up, five minutes before, I have no idea. It's it, that's just that the most unreliable BMW ever made, and uh, and even if it was reliable, the transmission is so clunky. It's that early SMG yeah. single clutch, you know, where it's an automated manual transmission, and it's horrible to drive in any situation except the track, and you would never take this car on the track so i i I don't i don't get it we'll be right back with more from tyler hoover of hoovy's garage here on driven radio Welcome back to Driven Radio, the sweetest smelling car podcast anywhere. We're speaking with Tyler Hoover of Hoovy's Garage YouTube fame. And when we left, we were talking about uh, what your least favorite car in the fleet was. It sounds like that BMW is going to find a new home. Uh, you know, you've, you've had that M5 into the car wizard probably more than you've had it underneath your butt. Uh, and it seems like you've got that with a lot of your cars. You've had the car wizard on your on your YouTube channel so frequently. He now has a channel of his own. <laughs> Does he ever get oh, tired yeah, of you yeah. bringing him the stuff you do? Um, I've kind of learned to know what he likes and what he doesn't like. So there's there's been cars that he's eventually abandoned, like the Bentley Continental GT. But when I'm buying a car, I kind of keep in mind that my only hope is the car wizard. So if I buy something that he won't work on, then I'm then I'm just screwed. So. Help me, car wizard. You're my only hope. hope. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. The uh, one of the vehicles I I just I laughed through this video of yours on YouTube was the Will My LeBaron start after being buried alive for one year? Yeah. Where did where the hell did the idea even come from? That's just it's so funny and uh, what it almost breaks my heart a little bit because I have a little bit of a thing for uh, fake wood. Uh, oh, he's got it. Uh, oh, it's just, and that thing is hideously 
amazingly adorned. So uh, how'd you get it, and what made you think to bury it, besides the really fact it's a little bear? I was really excited to get that car. <laughs> yeah, I was really excited to get that car, and I love, I had a 94 Roadmaster with panel black, and that was a great car. I have a Wagoneer right now, a lady poor Grand Wagoneer. So I'm into that kind of stuff, and I like the K cars, and I really wanted one of those talking LeBaron Town & Country woodies, and there was a crazy guy uh, in uh, somewhere on the East Coast, he was selling twenty-two of them. Oh that my was his collection. God! Twenty-two LeBarons, and it made it on the internet when this guy listed for sale. You notice, he, listed, he listed twenty-two LeBarons. To sell twenty-two and, LeBarons, at some point you have to have bought twenty-two LeBarons. Exactly. He was the Baron of so LeBarons. <laughs> That's what they called him. Oh no! Oh my no. goodness! That's the other thing. I tried that. That was supposed to be a joke too. <laughs> you're, you're two for two tonight. Oh damn! <laughs> so you got it from this guy, right? Right. And I told him I wanted a car with no rust that had the talking car feature, the speak and spell talker that tells you your door is ajar, your oil pressure is low. Oh. And I got one out of two. It talked, but it was a Fred Flintstone floor wise. He told me the car had no rust, and it showed up, and I could put my fist through several places in the floor. <laughs> And there was bubbles on every part of the body. And it's just like, what do I do with this? I paid $2,500 for it. I spent $1,000 shipping it here. It's a $500 parts car. How oh. am I going to get my money back? How, how, what am I going to do? And I thought, well, I bet if I dig a hole and just bury it, then people would watch the video. Turn <laughs> up. You uh, went full metal kitty litter on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, wow. views later, so you know it, it ended up making you know, you know thousands of dollars in, in YouTube revenue by burying it and digging it up. That's and amazingly, the engine fired with starting fluid when we dug it up after a year. Uh, but sadly, the speaking cell, the talking voice, uh, had died. Yeah, it, it just went. Uh, oh, you killed me. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> well, that's a that's so funny. And looking at it here in the video, you've got almost uh, one million six hundred views on that. So, Tyler, we hear that you have a pretty cool story about your first car. Can you tell us about that? Oh well, it, it, it's a pretty common story. Other than it being a cool car, my uh, eighty five five hundred SL that my grandmother got new. It actually ties into LeBaron's because she wanted to get a LeBaron, and my dad was uh, pretty, he was a pretty good car guy. He was in his early 20s, and he said, oh, heck no. And he knew about the gray market order form. You know, Mercedes, you could import uh, German market cars. So the 500 SL didn't even come to the United States until the new design in the 90s. But you also got the slim bumpers. I don't know if you're familiar with the cars, but the American mm-hmm. spec bumpers had those giant park benches on the front and back. Just oh, yeah. The mandates. And, and uh, so this one has the original European slim bumpers. It was also the fastest production Mercedes in in 1985, it was all in the V8 that they made for rallying, and so it was the fastest Mercedes uh, in '85 for my grandma, and she had no idea my dad was ordering this, but uh, um, got that, and then that ended up being my first car. Uh, Tyler got a 500 SL. I got a $500 Pontiac. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was pretty good, but you know, she bought my cousin cars, you know, so that one got a Saturn SC2, the other one got a Chevy Cobalt, and they thought I was the dumbass getting the... Uh, <laughs> I imagine both of those cars are in the junkyard right now. I, w- I would think so. What is it you would love to have that you don't? Oh, man, there's there's so many. I, one that runs. That would be good. I've been, I've been taking really long, hard looks at, uh, at Lamborghini Diablos. 
And I'm just worried it's going to be like so many other cars that when I was younger, where it was, you know, $100,000 or $150,000 seems like a lot. But then in five or 10 years, when they're double or triple that, it's going to, you're going to be sick with yourself, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh, I, you know, there's, there's, there's so many, but uh, it's kind of bad because I have no impulse control. So if I see something, <laughs> that I want, I just usually end up buying it. What is it you like most about what you're doing? I, I think it's just fun to share the hobby. It's nice to, to be in the car business without having to sell, I guess. I don't know. Um, I, I, it's, I, I really do like, uh, you know, sitting and writing. And, and uh, I originally wanted to just write articles, and uh, uh, but the demand for the auto trader was for videos, and that's how this all came about, where it's like, well, we could get somebody to, to write, but we were looking for another guy to do videos. And I said, well, I could do videos. I really, I was doing it with uh, Windows Movie Maker, which hadn't been updated in 10 years, and two <laughs> iPhones to record it all. And I would just sit down and I would write a script, and it was just like how I was writing a, writing a story. And then I would go and, and deliver that. And it's so cool to get you know, a response and build a following from that, and just, just to, to share my, my passion and my stupidity and all that stuff. It's, it's great. So, and, and, and to get phone calls you know, from I Jay Leno. Well, yeah, yeah. No, that, that doesn't hurt. <laughs> right. we're, we're speaking with Tyler Hoover of Hoover's Garage on YouTube and also of uh, Auto Trader's Oversteer. And Tyler, like, uh, what else you got going on here coming up? Anything new in the pipe that you want to share with us? Uh, well, the uh, the reality show that I shot, is uh, it was about a year ago, and I had... Uh, Five people follow me around in a van while I went all over the country buying cars. It was 22 episodes. Each episode, I bought a car. And wow. it's finally looking like it's going to see the light of day. Um, so I, I can't make an announcement on that yet, specifically what it is. But uh, it looks like a, a, it's going to go on, on basic cable, which is pretty cool. <laughs> Can you tell us about one of the cars? Um, what, it, give us a hint at uh, oh, one of the S-boxes oh, you might have bought. I, well, I've... I, 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 Sprinkled them into my YouTube channel a little bit. Uh, okay, it's, it's been so long, but yeah, I, I bought a uh, Jeep Wrangler that was made to look just like a Jurassic Park Jeep, '95 uh, Viper. <laughs> uh, but then I bought like a flood damaged uh, Mercedes 500 SL in 1997. Bought it in Houston right after the hurricane, and oh, somehow my. limped that back to uh, somehow limped that back to Kansas. <laughs> but you know, oh. so it, was, it was a might have dried out by the time you got here, but. Car. Yeah, yeah. Well, I actually I took it back to the ocean. Actually, and did donuts on the beach, and that's, that's even more. But uh, yeah, <laughs> the so circles complete. And I I learned a lot from you know having a professional film crew and and all that stuff. As far as it brought up my YouTube channel quite a bit, and uh, hopefully they like it and it rates, and I get to do more. Did they approach you about doing that? Yeah, I got there was another cold email from somebody saying, "Hey, I saw your YouTube channel. Uh, you want to make a TV show?" Moving on a little bit, what do you? What would you want people to know about you that they wouldn't know from your videos? Oh gosh, I don't know. I kind of wear it all in my sleeve with the, uh, you know. I feel like I I don't really hide a lot, which I probably should be a little more private. <laughs> but uh, I, I think I think they kind of they kind of see it all. I mean, I even was pretended to be naked in my garage once, sleeping with one of my cars. So I mean. I, <laughs> I, you know, I should probably be a little more modest. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I suppose that's outside a car, but what's the dumbest thing you've ever done inside a car? Inside of a car? Uh, gosh. Um, I, <laughs> being buried Easy alive tiger. inside of one was definitely the dumbest thing. Yes. Oh, my God, really? 
Yeah, buried alive in a Range Rover, I think it was, wasn't it? Right, yeah. So we dug up the LeBaron, and then I decided, oh, I need to bury another car. So I had a, a 2004 Range Rover that was mechanically told it needed maybe $10,000 worth of work, and it was worth a grand. So we just drove it into the hole. It was barely drivable. And I decided to wait and let the wizard bury me while I was inside <laughs> of it. And he was supposed to leave one part uh he wasn't supposed to bury one side of it to where I could still get out, uh, but then he didn't follow the instructions and started burying me on that side, too. Oh, and that's oh. when I freaked out. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sitting on this side, and dirt and rocks are coming in and hitting that window. If it had shattered and come in, then I would have been cut or hurt or worse. Or worse. And so I, ca- I call him. And tell <laughs> Stop him, burying Stop. me! <laughs> I, I thought I'd be killed or even worse. <laughs> he can't hear me. Oh, he can't hear us. Oh, no. Of his backhoe. So I actually had to make a, an escape, um, sort of, the, the hatch still wasn't, wasn't under yet, so I had to wait until I knew he was pulling up dirt from the ground, open up the hatch and run away before he threw another load on top. <laughs> that's, that's how I got out. And I started yelling at him. He's like, what? And so that was, what? That was that's definitely the dumbest do not try at home thing I've done so far. There you go. We've been talking to Tyler Hoover of Hoovy's Garage. You can find Tyler on Hoovy'sGarage.com. Uh, you can find him on Facebook at Hoovy's Garage, Twitter at Hoovy's Garage, and at Autotrader.com forward slash oversteer. Of course, you'll be able to find all these links on on readthedriven.com. Tyler, thank you so much for your time and for being with us. We'd love to have you back anytime you want to uh, come on thank and yeah. tell us more about <laughs> crazy stuff, <laughs> un- unbelievable cars and being buried alive. <laughs> coming up yes, next. I'll do that again. Don't worry. <laughs> coming up next on Driven Radio, uh, we've got a good reason to never buy another year- new European car after 2022. We'll see- talk to you next in just a few minutes. Welcome back to Driven Radio. You know, we've got one this week from the It's Not the End of the World, But We Can See It From Here file. Okay. Uh, the EU and the UK are near approving speed limiting technology that would become mandatory for all vehicles sold in Europe beginning in 2022. You know, oh, so- stories like this that make me remember why I like old cars. Yeah, no oh, kidding. Oh, hell yeah. Well, they're going to make everybody a school bus driver. Well, not even that good because, you know, a school bus driver can at least speed up if they need to. This thing, uh, what they're saying from the Department of Transport in the, in the UK, said the system would apply in the UK despite Brexit. Campaigners welcomed the move, saying it would save thousands of lives. Now, first of all, it's not the speed that kills, it's the sudden stop. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> not completely inaccurate. <laughs> but secondly, what they're proposing doing is using the car's GPS and forward-facing cameras, uh, the GPS would sig- send a signal to a satellite about where your position is, and the forward-facing cameras would read speed limit signs, recognize the speed, compare it to what the GPS is doing, and then alter the speed of the car. There's supposed to be a manual override where if you stick your foot in it hard, 
It'll allow you to exceed the speed limit for a short period of time, but after that, the, the computer kicks back in. And they're also saying that, that is not why God invented the Autobahn. No, yeah. it's not. I mean that that was the first thing in my head is yeah. What about the Autobahn? You're what? gonna have, Germany's gonna drop out. Britain first. Now Germany will be next because you know no. Well, this is nicked good for the Autobahn. But I haven't been on the Autobahn. I don't know about you guys. Are there speed limit signs or is it just... You? There are restricted zones and then there's unrestricted zones on the Autobahn. So it, it, the Autobahn is actually not all completely unlimited, but there are sure. zones well, where it's restricted. And, and Italy the has the Autostrada and uh, it's similar. And they're usually symbols. They're not usually numbers either, I believe, when well, you're going to really? the Autobahn. Yeah, I think so. Well, so sure one's like an explosion, and then the other's a skid mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice blood splat. Well, you, the, it's it's interesting how technology keeps on moving forward because this just seems like a weird band aid between where we are now and where we're inevitably going, which is probably self driving cars. Oh, man. what's interesting about that is that like when you have like true self driving cars, you would actually think that there would never there wouldn't be a speed limit anymore because if they work like they say they work, then you should be able to to travel at a much higher rate of speed because yeah. the cars can't collide. Well, you would think it would be more similar to what the bullet trains are in Japan and in Europe. Yeah. If the I've watched techn- Minority Report. Yeah. <laughs> You're an expert, yeah. Well, it sounds like they're moving that way. Uh, the EU says the plan could help avoid 140,000 serious inju- injuries by 2038 and aims to ultimately cut road deaths to zero by 2050. But the suicide rate will skyrocket. You know, they could probably achieve myself. They could probably achieve the same results just by outlawing millennials from using their phone while they drive. No! I would, what? I would imagine that that would be a whole lot. I saw four different people driving in on the highway tonight. Oh, dude, it's insane. I, I have to drive in, uh, you know, morning traffic coming mm-hmm. up I thirty five, and the number of people that are reading their phones, doing you know fifty five, sixty five next to everyone else, and I'm like, oh, please hit me. And this time of year, they're they're on TurboTax. They're doing their taxes. While they're <laughs> on I-35. You know, they got the mobile app going, and they're trying to get their dependent I'm entered in, tra- in there. And now that, now that I'm in a traffic jam, I can e file. Oh yeah, I need to check my email right now. Well, I, on I'm top not, of your lane. I'm not kidding. There was a girl in a white Camry who is looking down on her phone, texting, and then uh, there was a big gap in front of her. Work, oh, of course. Because she's being safe. Well, I, I put on my signal and pulled into the lane, and she, I watched her in the rearview mirror. She never looked up, and she honked at me for pulling in front of her. Wow. How dare you? Never looked up. Never looked up. She was sending a sweet snap at the time, Brett, and you totally interrupted <laughs> yeah. your concentration. Well, that- you totes ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> what are you thinking? <laughs> Totes ruined I, it. I had the music on with Snapchat, eh? Because <laughs> it's important. Well, here's here's the even less appealing part of the technology oh, that they're proposing. Oh, no. um, there's also going to be a black box, which was uh, just like what they have in planes. It's a, a data recorder about how you're driving, what speed you're going, where you're doing that, and everything else. And they were saying that uh, that could be used by the police or the insurance company should you be in an altercation, should you be in an accident, get yeah. pulled over, anything else. They can use that against you. That's awesome. Big Brother's watching. Oh, oh dude, yeah. and how. Anybody else, anybody smell what Skynet is cooking? No, Orwell was right. He was just a little off on the date. Yeah, it's <laughs> 2014. Yeah. 24. And, uh, yeah, that, he, he, Orwell was right. 
But uh, they're suggesting that the system uh, would have an on-off switch <laughs> that you could turn off, but it would reset every time you shut the car off. It's like oh. the auto-stop-start in all the new cars. Oh, you know, God. They make you turn I hate, it off every time I hate you that, too. Yeah. Wow. That is the most annoying thing. I had a Dodge Ram pickup for a rental car in Amelia Island, and it had that auto-stop thing on in it. In 40 or 50 years, we're going to look back on the cars of today, and we're going to say this is a pre-auto-stop-start gasoline-powered car. It was the golden era. Before the golden era started yeah. going down to <laughs> electric and self-driving. And so this is a pre-auto stop start. Well, and that's another crap technology that they've come out with. Because when you do the stop start thing for a second or two after you start it, it's not properly lubricating. There's not oil on the, you know, in the engine like it should be. It's going to wear out the stupid starter. I don't care what they say. You yeah, they tell you starters have gotten so good that it won't. But I, that's there's just true. absolutely no way that's, that that's not the true. case. I mean, eventually everything wears out. So, yeah, I, I ain't buying it. And Well, anyway, there's a link to the article that'll be on driven.com, but, uh, or readthedriven.com, but that's, I, I just hate the idea of the tech. You know, I'm going to take my mom's 95 Ford Taurus and just stow it away. <laughs> oh, the because in 25 years, it's going to be worth a big old bunch of money. That doesn't have a regulator on it? Oh, it's oh, a hot rod. God. That's right, and it's got six cylinders if you think and i'm not breaking my arm oh, and how? you think i'm not breaking my arm patting myself on the back right now for the all the old stuff i own yeah <laughs> all right i told you i was gonna make you sit through this i'm gonna this is our final farewell for our much beloved co-host and engineer extraordinaire mark <laughs> catfish groves Driven Radio was Mark's brainchild, his project, his creation. He sought me out. We spent almost a year talking about it before we got this thing off the ground. Mark came up with a format. He taught me how to speak on air, sort, sort of, of. Sort yeah, of. You were pretty good at talking already. And he has been the brains and the muscle behind the show. Without Mark, I wouldn't have been I wouldn't have found my favorite thing to do in the whole world, and that is absolutely true. He's been my mentor, coach, drinking car buddy. <laughs> drinking buddy and your favorite thing <laughs> and my invaluable guide on this adventure and i'll never be able to tell him tell him how much i appreciate it or thank him enough for everything he's done Aww. mark has truly shown me the love of the unloved 1950s and 60s <laughs> mopars and la- land who yachts. infected who who yeah. infected who yeah. I-, I told you when we started this i was going to infect you with my my car love and you wound up giving me this this ugly bumpy your disease was too clean mine uh, was dirty this, and this, cheap <laughs> this red bumpy rash love of land yachts <laughs> and I, and i thank him for that as is the case with many truly brilliant and, and ambitious people he just has too much going on and he doesn't have time for it all yeah. We will miss you dearly as we figure out the next chapter of Driven Radio, and we wish you all the best in your future endeavors. Thank you. Mark, there will always be a place for you at Driven Radio. There will always be a spot in our garage for your land barge fantasies. <laughs> and we hope you'll come. Caviar dreams. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we hope you'll come back from time to time and tell us all about the huge hulking pile of Mopar Mercuries <laughs> oh, please God, yes. that you are stalking on Craigslist. <laughs> Thank you so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our audience. You can find us online at readthedriven.com. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Driven Radio Show. On Twitter at Driven Radio Show. Uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, everywhere fine podcasts are heard. I'm Brett Hatfield for Vern Estes and our departing Catfish Groves. We'll see you next time on Driven Radio. Take care. God bless. Don't take any crap off anybody. Love, peace, and chicken grease. And we are out of here.